Well, welcome again to Chucked. We're excited to be with you today. We have a lot to talk about that is going on right now in greater culture, in, of course, the sports world and the Cleveland stratosphere. Um, Oz, how you doing today? I, by Monday morning, um, it was a different feeling than I experienced last week, but Monday morning um, of this week after the Raiders game, I had a familiar feeling that uh, I just never wanted anything to do with the NFL ever again. I wasn't going to watch another game. I wasn't going to – anything that had the NFL emblem on it, I was done with it, um, which and is the last feeling Last night, that, did you enjoy the Chiefs and uh, Broncos game? <laughs> which is the feeling that usually comes on Monday mornings. And then uh, about 9 o'clock last night, I'm watching yeah. the Chiefs and the Broncos. But, um, yeah, I was I was really uh, – um, Really, really sad Sunday night and Monday morning. A different kind of sadness, as I'm sure with you, it wasn't as um, it wasn't as hopeless because of having such a lousy team, right? It was a team that uh, had four turnovers and still should have won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still, really did win. Yeah, in a in a sense. Um, so. Yeah, it's a young team. They're going to make mistakes. Young quarterback going to make mistakes. But, but for those they, that didn't watch, legitimate. they got uh, screwed over by um, the NFL officials who. Uh, you know, if, if for those of you who didn't see it, they had what was it a minute and a half ish left. No timeouts Oakland, with Oakland. Oakland had no timeouts left. A couple yard gain by Carlos Hyde, the Browns running back. He looked like he landed on the line to gain um, for a first down, which would have which they ended called the game. as a first down. They called it the as a first down. They reviewed it and they called they reversed it. I don't. My thing was I don't know. I don't know if he got the first down or not. I mean, you know, who knows with all those camera angles. But I don't know how you reverse it. I don't know. Right, that's the know. point. The point isn't I, – I mean, the camera angles showed that it looked like he made it by about the, the nose of the ball. But Even if he didn't, there's not even enough. Even if he didn't, to, yeah. You know, what, what, you know this was – The NFL came out and the, And then they said it. that we – so we saw an angle that conclusively said his elbow was down before the ball passed it. We didn't see that angle. And they always say that we see the same angles that yeah. they're seeing. The camera mystery angles. angle. That was that was amazing. I, you know, at the time we were watching, I still, in my mind, thought, "Go for it! You're one in thirty. I did too. One in yeah. one in their last thirty-three games. You they still it. have. They still have to score and score. And I, just go for it. End the game right here, man. Take and I. So it was like an inch. So go for it. And mm-hmm. they didn't. They punted it. The Raiders scored scored the two-point conversion, won in overtime. And uh, it was just a gut punch because it feels like curse. And and you do. When you're the team that's downtrodden, it feels like you know, the, the Patriots, the Steelers, they wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened to them. They wouldn't have gotten that reversal. Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels that way. Yeah. So we uh, we bemoan that. But as we said during the game, they have a quarterback. For the first time in 20 years, they have a quarterback, mm-hmm. a legitimate quarterback. Even three of those four turnovers. They weren't really him. You know, the strip sack was the, that's the cost of doing business. It happens. The uh, one was a tip. Um, the other one was pushing down the field. Trying yeah, to, exactly. Yeah. Probably the one he shouldn't have thrown was the one with the timeout left on the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a rough one. So I, I take responsibility for that loss, though, because had I not spoken about anger management on the weekend mm. – and you were angry. I, I was angry, and and I totally, I totally take responsibility for that because it's just, you know, angry people are always talking about what's not fair, what's not fair, 
And I know that God was just saying, okay, we're going to see how much you can practice all this little <laughs> hot, you know, hot bothered mess you were this weekend about anger. Yeah. Let's just see how well yeah. you do. So I take total responsibility for that loss. It's all oh. on me. You were a little God. hot and bothered too uh, Saturday night. I with, was. With you know, old Jimmy I'm Franklin. Lo- I was. I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my shalom, uh, man. I got to go back and, you know, shalom is something that I have to renew in uh, mm-hmm. football season. Oh, really level sets where I am spiritually. I can fake it, you know, with myself, and and then football season comes. Okay, you're you know, like I didn't have a fun weekend this weekend. Ohio State won, and the Browns <laughs> played well. I did. I, I, I look, I'm thinking back like Monday morning, and I, and I like Monday morning, I, I feel empty. You know, <laughs> I feel so I feel sad. like the. Mar- this is why our I, Chuck I feel like the Marcarius poor in spirit. You know, <laughs> yeah. I feel I just feel like. I don't. I don't have anything to give anyone or myself today, because um, I had a lousy That's weekend. A because I, Ohio State drove me crazy, and then I, I watched the Browns, and that's you know, it's just a lousy weekend. Three words, first world. Yeah, it is problem. <laughs> okay, that's true. That is for that's sure. The so there you go. You have that. Um, but we're, we're, the related thing to that is, is injustice and justice and anger. We're going to follow up talking about being angry because with what's going on with the Supreme Court nomination of, uh, of Brett Kavanaugh and the interviews that are happening and the, the um, really this, the, everything about Friday was just, Thursday and Friday were just embarrassing, I think, in many ways, the, the behavior. Um, and then, you know, the accusation that Brett Kavanaugh has shown himself to be ill-fit to be a Supreme Court justice because of his emotionalism and defending himself. I don't, did you see it? I, it? You know, he was emotional. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, um, he was emotional. Um, and it's just a mess. Um, I, I, what would you do if you were in Brett Kavanaugh's seat? That's you. You're yeah. before a firing squad of people who are trying to stop your nomination by, by bringing up your past. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what would you do? How, how, in light of this weekend's message about. Uh-huh. What did you take away from anger? And when you know, anger is a secondary emotion that is a demonstration your value system and your self value has they've been violated. How would you react? I think I know my Jesus reaction would be third or fourth on the list, probably if I was in his position. Um, I think. I think I would come up with a really cunning plan that was anger and resentment fueled to um, just nail everyone that nailed me. It wouldn't be right away, but it would. I would. I would connive something that would be really malicious and sadistic, and um, and try to hurt people, sting people that stung me, and then I would justify the hell out of it probably. And uh, I think. I think. I think my second. I think that would a reaction that would contest that would be to disappear would be and it might and that might get me closer to not doing bad but not necessarily doing good either um you talked about at your at pizza paul and mary the bible study at ceso on tuesdays um the authentic mission and the shadow mission my mm-hmm. my shadow mission is 
um, my behavior under uh, my worst behavior, how I exact it out is through disappearing. I just want to, mm-hmm. I just want to disappear. I don't want, mm. I don't want to do anything to do with anyone. I don't, um, I don't want responsibility. I don't want anything. Um, in my worst seasons, my most, most unhealthy seasons, I, my first thought is how much time can I be alone today? Which is a really terrible thing to think if, if you're a father or, or a husband. Um, and it's not so, not, not just to serve myself, but just, I just want to be alone. I just don't want to yeah. be noticed by anyone. So I think that would be my second one. My third one, maybe someone would talk sense into me and I would defend myself within my, um, within what was emotionally healthy for me and my family. I don't know if he's doing that or not. Maybe, you know, maybe he's more airing on that side because he's been better coached in his life as um, a member of the legal system to stay somewhat calm, more calm than us other, you know, us mortal people. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, are, I think, those would be like, I think that would be probably how it went out for me. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I at one time I on a much less. Uh, certainly less public scale. I had my integrity really impugned, you know, just accused of being a fraud. And I can tell you that how I responded then was to keep the peace. But that didn't help the reality of resentment that was there. So I just I, I was so tired at that point that I wanted to just not argue, not fight. And I just said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do that again. Um I would I think there is a time to defend your name. And uh I probably wouldn't do that again. But obviously it wasn't in a public setting like that. I was just so tired, I was like, I'm not gonna fight this battle. I just you know. Mm-hmm. You get in a wrestling match with a pig. You both get muddy and the pig enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm calling people who accuse me of being less than pristine or pigs. I don't mean that. Yeah. I just, you know, you, you get into... It's very the, insensitive to pigs. It is insensitive <laughs> <laughs> Pigs have feelings uh, too. Yeah, pigs have feelings too. Um, and so... If it were me, I'm in that public setting. I'm thinking about you and Jordan and Mackenzie mm-hmm. and Chip and Gunner and Gage, and you know, I'm thinking about my gosh, what I have to defend myself because it's at the end of the day, I I I pretty much am sh- sure of it that his reputation with his family is what matters most to him, and mm-hmm. um, so I I think. It all depends. I'm a my emotions are are such that I've grown and I don't react to things like I used to. I don't amp up. I don't I don't compete up when I'm challenged like I used to. Used to I would just boom it turns a flame on like a Bunsen burner. And uh I don't do that like I did when I was young. And so I don't think I would I would do that, but I would I would definitely get vociferous to some extent. Um, Diane Feinstein said that you know it shows that he's not fit to be a Supreme Court justice because of his emotionalism. And I and I just like wait a minute, man. You put yourself in that situation, and you're you're being 
just for the whole world to see what you consider to be not true, right? You're, I mean, in his mind, he's either sure that he's not guilty or he's convinced himself mm. that he's, you know, either one. And boy, think that you wouldn't get some somewhat vociferous in your response. It's quite the double standard coming from that side of things and that emotions and feelings is what all that matters. I saw the Babylon Bee put out um, uh, new new class in college um, states that or uh, has a law that uh, feelings um, can serve as math problem, answers a math problem too or something like that. And... And that's a, Which, I, if you don't follow the Babylon Bee on Instagram or Twitter, you are doing a disservice out. to your life. You're missing out it on church life. A, if, I, if I had a whole day where I didn't smile about anything, as long as I can go to the Babylon Bee once a day, I'm going to smile about something. Because mm-hmm. they are brilliant. They are. They, they have are. the Christian commu- uh, cult, subculture and the greater culture nailed, mm-hmm. nailed down. We, yeah. we, we ought to do a Babylon Bee episode. Because I've got like on Instagram, I'm going to use oh, it. On, I'm going to use it. Uh, I think I'm going to use it this weekend. A bunch of fun. excerpts from mm-hmm. the Babylon Bee, yeah, and just post them up on the screens because they're just brilliant. Mm-hmm. They just there's a utterly nail uh, culture and then Christian subculture yeah. too. At I guess they have a book out, so we we have to promote that too. Uh, yeah, and I I think this is the thing of justice. I. I don't think that I, I, I will say this, a victory that God's had in my life is I don't think I walk around saying, the world's not fair, the world's not fair. It drives me crazy, people who do that. I think mm-hmm. I accepted a long time ago, the world is not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, I do think I have a general acceptance of that reality. Um, you know, so much so that I, I was sensitive to it in raising you and Jordan, that if things weren't fair to you guys, as you know, a very painful evidence is I would tend to support the authority in your life maybe that was causing some of that unfairness or what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I so wanted you to knock around, walk around in a sense of entitlement and idealism that, I mean, I, I, I erred on too far in the other direction, you know, and I think as a result, you and Jordan got some wounding that you shouldn't have had to go through because I was like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason why they're on your butt like that. Yeah, you know, and uh, it wasn't right. So I, you know, this whole thing from the injustice of the Browns having their first down reverse to the injustice of what's going on. Either Doctor Ford has an injustice to her that has not been properly remedied, or Brett Kavanaugh is innocent, and this is a total injustice to him right now. The world is not fair. And I and I for me this is where the faith in God comes in because I I, you know justice is mine. I'll take revenge, says the Lord. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean that's you know in other words you leave justice in the hands of the only one who really really does know. Like there is one who knows exactly what happened at that party Mm thirty some years ago. He knows exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And he will mete out justice someday. And uh, this weekend, I'm talking, we're, they're moving through the Sermon on the Mount. This weekend, I'm getting to the part where, love your enemies. Love your enemies. How do you do that? How do you, how do you show favor? So the word love is agape. It, it means to show value to your enemies. It doesn't mean have warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. It does, you may not. But 
to show favor, to distill value upon your, the people who are opposing you. And I saw a tweet that is a great line for today's broadcast. That, that you know, what if, what if people who say they are Christ followers were not only the best friends in the world, but the best people to be an enemy toward? Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? Yeah. You know, what if, what if, what if, like, you could not have a better enemy on the other side of the congressional hall, mm-hmm. on the other side of the inquiry table, uh, on the other side of the official's microphone mm-hmm. uh, than someone who says, I'm of the one who said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that to me is my takeaway this week that I've been processing in light of in light of the fact that I'm responsible for that Browns loss. I feel really bad about that. That I'm responsible because God was testing me. That's what I've been processing the last few days is okay, how much do you say you believe this? You know, that justice is God's anyway, it's not mine. How much you want to live it out. And then here's the other thing too. It's one thing when it's you but if it's your kids that are the ones being yeah. transgressed, that's a whole nother deal. I, I, that, there's nothing that would make me be tempted to lose my faith. Like it's my child, mm-hmm. my grandchild going through that. Now I see it differently. You know, I mean, I don't have a compulsion to try to raise. You know, mm. <laughs> you're you are a man. You're yourself now. I don't. But boy, so now if if uh, if someone did something that I considered uh, of that kind of a public embarrassment, that would be tough to handle. Well, that's why we that worship the one who gave up his son. Yeah. Um, I was coincidentally reading through the through that um, 5, 6, and 7 um, last week. Matthew 5, and 6, and Matthew 7. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And um, Matthew being the, you know, the, the one who... who the only one that was probably most the one that was probably most skilled with a pen and taking in information and under memorizing it and putting it together and um, of the eyewitnesses to Jesus and his books of sayings and I think there's a real what stood out to me in that is and how we should treat our enemies and what that means um, is that I was thinking about how directive because of Matthew and how he wrote it it was so directive right it was so it was written written toward the Jews, it was written towards the other teachers, right? So it was a teacher's document to teachers. It was, it was very directive. And I related it to something N.T. Wright says in that in so much of Matthew is not what to believe, but how to believe. And so you've heard it said, love your neighbor. Well, that's something to believe, right? That's a, that's a philosophy right? that, that keeps you, um, that is a philosophy of preservation and survival, Probably, if we all mutually agree on that, but a philosophy of benefit, mutual benefit and success would be pray for your enemy. So he takes Jesus takes takes it one step further. Not what to believe a philosophy, but how to live that philosophy out and what what, yeah. what how to then do it. Uh, this is what it looks like to love your enemies. It's to pray for them, and um, and so yeah, I look forward to hearing about it this weekend too because I was thinking about that. Um, another thing that with the whole. Um, Kavanaugh thing is um, the other question that's come up with it. It came up early on was um, how should we 
you know, who knows if he did it or not. If I was in that position, hopefully if I did that, I would hopefully would, would, would be honest about it and justice would prevail in that way. Um, but we don't know, as you said, there's only one who knows. Um, what, how should we be held today accountable with each other for what, for who we used to be? You know, we, I asked you, um, a week or two ago about Bill Hybels said, theoretically, if Bill Hybels were five years from now, 10 years from now, in the lapse of that time, have a just hitting the wall, repentance and turn and humbling and recovery from who he was, the perfectionist and the womanizer to, um, to a closer image of what God wants him to be. And he, again, theoretically created some uh, new GLS safe haven for pastors, fallen pastors, for them to recover and and become how he is now um, and walk them through that and, and shepherd them through that. If that were to theoretically happen, well, we know it wouldn't be on the Chicago Tribune, um, but would that be accepted? Because the past is, because, because we're, it's, you know, what we don't do is, as you, as you said before, is what we're really held, um, really, really praised for, mm-hmm. not what we do do, but what we don't do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't rape someone when you were 17? You're a saint. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is not, insane, That's right? not virtuous, right? No, yeah. no. So, what, I mean, what, that whole conversation, if that makes sense of what, you know, as I said before, if, uh, boy, if Apostle Paul was, was held accountable in 60 AD for what he did in 30 AD, he'd, we'd be, we wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't have a lot of things that we have now. So uh, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, I think, I think the implicative answer to that is uh, I, almost all people I know fail the test of their adolescent and post-adolescent years. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, decisions I made, attitudes I had, Despicable. I mean, there's no other word. There's just some things. Mm-hmm. And around here, we try to be as open about that brokenness as we can. But and even at that, you know, if you if you judge me today based on 40 years ago, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'd be in trouble. Um, maybe the test of my integrity is whether I own up to that or not. If indeed I was guilty of transgressions that violated somebody else. And maybe that is the issue here, although I don't think it is with Brett Kavanaugh. I think they literally are holding him accountable, not for how he's reacting to that now, but what he did then. I, I think it's utterly insane. Because it is, I mean, the, the narrative is directed at is, his, at not the actual incident. It's about who his whole character was at that time. Exactly. Right? We talk exactly. more about his drinking than his sex life. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, uh, let's just say it, both sides of that aisle have been guilty of drunken mm-hmm. Fest. <laughs> okay. well, a friend of ours said, you know, uh, their kids are doing it right now. And, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's really amazing the, 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 the hypocrisy both sides can have, okay, on both sides. Uh, we are, it's amazing, we are a dichotomy as a country. We are amazingly graceless. And then we're forgiving. Look at, the, look at when Tiger Woods won a tournament last week, just the throngs of people ready to poor adulation upon him mm-hmm. and of this fallen hero. So we love a comeback story. We, we also love to condemn. We do. We, there, there is an indigenous self-righteousness in our culture. We have said that morality is relative. There is no absolute. 
standard. And yet, based on the standard we have adopted, there is no tolerance for indiscretion. And I just, yeah, I think it's utterly ridiculous um, that anyone would be held accountable. Now, I'm all for our Supreme Court justices having exacting standards, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's, there ought to be a background check, and and I mean, I just I think it's I I honestly think that if you're going to take that position, you you your life should be under the searing light. But no, I mean, no one passes that test. Not Jeff Flake, not Diane Feinstein. I mean, nobody passes that test. We're um, all foul ones. Yeah, we are. We're we all, all. We part of growing up is even if you're a good kid, you make bad decisions. Oh, in a theological sense, we don't pass that test now. Really. No, no, we don't. We don't. And uh, I, you know, from my perspective, I, I, I just see the disconnection from God. We become incapable of determining up from down. You know, that's what happens. We lose our equilibrium when we become disconnected from. Um, the one of grace and truth, both, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm seeing. And I, I, uh, you know, I have strong feelings about it, um, because uh, there's some really high stakes with this, of course, that uh, have to do with unborn children. You know, and, and I, I just something I feel very strongly about because it's something that I'm personally, because you're some of your cousins that. Yeah, should by all rights have been aborted, mm-hmm. and weren't, and I just—it's just a personal issue with me, right? I mean, it is—it is—I um, can't overlook it. I can't overlook it. I—I I do say this today, though, as a result. Let let today's talk be around what's in me that allows me to graciously handle injustice when it comes my way. Doesn't mean I gloss over the offense, but graciously handle it so that resentment doesn't build up in me and I feel like I have to exact revenge. And I I think the call today for all of us who hear this, and if you're around this weekend or you watch on uh, Facebook streaming, is, man, if, if the one who forgave while he was being hung by three nails is in us we will not only be the best friend to have we will be the best enemy to have mm-hmm. we will be the best enemy to have so until next time on chucked i'm charlie that's austin go browns mm-hmm.